Hey guys, welcome to the newest episode of Mayday, the Handmaid's Tale podcast. First, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, FabFitFun. Now you may have heard us talking about this. Uh, they are a seasonal subscription box. We are in the process of giving away a fall box, but their winter box is what is out now. Now, here's the thing to know. These boxes sell out. And if you've never gotten a subscription box before or never bought one for someone else, they're pretty cool. Uh, and this one is particularly awesome because they are a fashion, lifestyle, and beauty products box. Uh, and you get full-size items in these. A lot of these other uh, boxes, they will have smaller items and there'll be samples. But these are full-size fashion, lifestyle, and beauty products. Uh, these boxes are valued with the individual items at over $200. You're going to get it for $49.99. And if you go to fabfitfun.com and use the coupon code MAYDAY, you can get $10 off your first box. So head over to fabfitfun.com and use the coupon code MAYDAY to get your $10 discount on your first box. Once again, the winter box is out. It will sell out because we have Christmas and other holidays coming up. So get yours while you can. FabFitFun.com. Coupon code MAYDAY for $10 off your first box. Hey, everyone. It's Justin. Welcome to the podcast. Very happy that you're joining us for Mayday. Uh, we're hopefully going to get our uh, co-hosts back here in a little bit. It is a crazy time for everyone. Uh, so we'll be hearing from Tiana, Sarah, and Crystal hopefully very soon on the next episode because... On the next episode, we're going to be talking about all about the contest, the costume contest, which is just wrapped up. Uh, we are no longer taking entries, but we are in the process of judging all of them, all the ones that we got. So thank you to everyone who uh, entered the contest on social media and on our website. And thank you to our judges, Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm, Ever Carradine, and Stephen Kunkin from The Handmaid's Tale. And our sponsors, of course, The Beehive, Atlanta, Fanmail.com, Feminist Sticker Club, author Mary Wissinger, the Feminist Pencil Project, and our friends at Hulu. Um, so we have a bunch of things to tell you about all of them, and we want to make sure that you support them because most of these are, aside from Hulu, obviously, uh, small, independent, female-owned, run businesses and organizations. So we love to uh, support that and really hope that you help us help them. So check them out on our social media or uh, go out to the Internet and look for them. Once again, Beehive Atlanta, fanmail.com, Feminist Sticker Club, author Mary Wissinger, and the Feminist Pencil Project. Uh, we really appreciate all their support, and I know they will appreciate yours. So once again, next week, our next podcast, we will have the update on the costume contest announcing all the winners. So follow us on social media at, at Handmade Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all of that information. And of course, subscribe to the podcast just like you do. All right, let's roll right into, of course, first things first, Handmaid's Tale news and updates. Now, season three news. As of right now, as of my looking here right before we started recording, I have not seen any new official news dropping about the Handmaid's Tale season three that is filming currently in Canada. However, I will say that you may um, want to head over to social media if you're into spoilers, um, because apparently, uh, as this show is shooting in Canada, they appear to be using a lot more public area shots this year and areas of uh, multifamily, like apartment complexes, because we have a ton, a ton of uh, photos from people who live in these areas or work in these buildings or live in these buildings that they've been using for the shoots that have sent all kinds of things of the production, the filming of the, the actual scenes, uh, behind the scenes stuff, some really cool stuff. Uh, so I won't spoil it for you, but just know that there are potential spoilers in there. So if you head over to any social media, I'm sure you can find those types of things. Uh, once again, uh, Handmaid's Tale Season 3 stuff is out there. People have been shooting photos and uh, talking about them shooting at their apartment complexes or places where they work or out in public. So, yeah, go ahead and check that out if you want to get a little bit spoiled for season three. I know it's a long wait until April. So other Handmaid's Tale news. Uh, we are very excited for this. Uh, Madeline Brewer, who is our favorite, of course, the uh, podcast MVP character, Janine 
from The Handmaid's Tale. She has a new film out. We've been talking about it for a little bit. It's called Cam, C-A-M, and it is finally making its debut. It's a Netflix original, so you can head over to Netflix only and find that. It's only available on Netflix, and it's been garnering uh, overwhelmingly positive reactions. Uh, It's billed as a supernatural thriller in which Madeline Brewer plays three characters, actually, uh, but she plays a cam girl for a pornographic website that wakes up one day to realize that her feed has been hijacked by a doppelganger of herself. Uh, so again, she plays three characters in this. It's billed as a supernatural thriller. And again, it's been getting some fantastic reactions. So we're really excited to check it out. We have not been able to see it yet, but we will have our thoughts on it as soon as we can get that to you. Um, so again, Cam is the name of the film. It is now up on Netflix. You can go check it out. So we've uh, got a few more stories, but we're going to just cut right to this one. Some scary news out of California. Obviously, the wildfires that are burning in the northern and southern parts of the state have uh, been victimizing a lot of people. Um, as far as Handmaid's Tale news, which isn't quite relevant, but just wanted to give you an update. Apparently, Yvonne Strahovski and her family had to be evacuated. Uh, we've seen a number of, um, just because of the area where the fires are, seen a number of celebrities and uh, a number of you know movie sets and TV show sets. I know the set of Westworld burned down. And obviously, you know, tons of people, over 300,000 people have been evacuated and just a ton of devastation and uh, so many people victims of this. So we're going to uh, have on our social media some ways that you can help the victims of the fires in California. So if you head over to our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feeds. We'll put that up today and we'll keep that up there and we'll keep reposting it just so everyone knows because there is a lot of damage done to, and you know, obviously a lot of people. 300,000 is a lot of people. Um, that was kind of a staggering number. And obviously, we want to send our thoughts out to all the people who listen to our podcast and everyone out in uh, California who has been victimized by the fire. So stay safe and hopefully, you're getting, everyone is getting the assistance that they need. And if you can assist, please do. And again, we'll have on our Facebook page and Instagram page and Twitter how you can help uh, because I think that's important. We reach out and know how we can help instead of just talking about it. So let's get right into the meat of this podcast. What you are about to hear is my interview with Lizzie Hale, the lead singer of the band Hailstorm. You've heard us talking about it because she was kind enough to help us judge and is in the process of helping us judge the group category of the costume competition. So thank you to Lizzie Hale for taking the time to do that. And we will have her uh, final judgment next week, like we said, for the podcast and on social media. So Lizzie, if you've never uh, heard an interview with her, and if this is your first time, you're in for a treat. Uh, She's a great person, a big heart, and a massive voice. Uh, How massive? You might ask, how massive is it, Justin? Uh, Well, here, here's a sample. Like I said, massive. Uh, Lizzie is currently out with Hailstorm. They're supporting their new album, Vicious. Uh, it is on tour right now. 
actually today, kicking it off the American League in Virginia. So if you like what you just heard, that was the song Killing Ourselves to Live from the new album, Vicious. So they will definitely be playing that one live if you go and check them out. Uh, for more information, you can go over to hailstormrocks.com for information on tickets, on the album, and everything Hailstorm. And if you head over to our Facebook page, we're going to create an event page for this interview. Um, and we'll have videos and other information about the band and what you can do to uh, go check them out and find some uh, information about the album and everything Hailstorm and a little supplemental kind of show notes for this interview. Because uh, we talked a lot, we covered a lot of ground, and there's some things that uh, we referenced that you, you might want to check out. So we're, we're going to go ahead and create that for you just to give you a little supplemental information like we do because we're givers, you know. Uh, so here we go. Right to it. Enjoy this interview. This is, once again, Lizzie Hale, lead singer of the band Hailstorm. You can find more information to them at hailstormrocks.com. Enjoy the interview. Thanks for listening, everyone. So Lizzie Hale, you are here helping us judge the group category of our Handmaid's Tale costume contest because I figured if anyone knew what a good group looked like, it would be you, correct? <laughs> well, you are very sweet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, Hailstorm is, is a fantastic group, and you guys have been out touring. Uh, you just got done with Europe. You're kind of in between on a break right now, right? We are. Um, it's, it's kind of strange. My little brother kind of put it, I think, in the best way where – as when when we're out on tour, it's kind of like going to outer space, <laughs> you know. So we're we're literally in uh, you know living two feet from each other, and and time is very different out there. And and th- we're in what we call now as uh, the re-entry into real life, <laughs> <laughs> which is very confusing because you know now all of a sudden it just it becomes impossible to try to pick what you want to have for dinner, and uh, you know there's a shower at your disposal. You don't have to go searching for a bathroom. It's right there, that kind of thing. <laughs> and you have to do laundry. So it's a, it's a very confusing time right now. <laughs> We're in purgatory. Getting back into normal life. Well, I hope you're at least relaxing because I know tour, tour life has got to be hectic. And as you said, it's a different animal completely, right? Oh, absolutely. You kind of live and die by the schedule, though, uh, when we're, when you're out. And so I think that's the biggest part that I miss when we're kind of in between tours is Where's my schedule? So, in all honesty, it's it's a, it's very helpful to talk to you because it's something that I, is more normal to me than um, cooking dinner. So, well, we're, <laughs> you're getting me out of that right we're, now. We're happy to help get you back out of your routine. All right. So, first <laughs> first things first, before we get into some um, questions, we wanted to do some icebreakers just to give people a little idea beyond the music and the musician of who Lizzie Hale is. So, obviously, you are helping us do the costume competition, and I wanted to yeah. know. What memories do you have? Or what's your favorite memory of Halloween costume that you had, either as an adult or or as a kid, whichever one you want to choose? Well, well let's go back to when I was a kid, because there a lot of the things that I've done as an adult, I've posted online or whatever. But the things that aren't online, one of my uh, one of my favorite Halloween costumes, uh, because I actually get got to carry around something slightly dangerous that my dad made for me i was peter pan for two years in a row for some reason Uh, yeah it was like i want to be that again and my parents were like seriously you know (laughs) again you know i grew up in a household where you know they're like yeah sure whatever you want to be cool so for the second year not the first year but the second year i was peter pan my dad was a mechanic he needed a small workshop He, he also knew how to do woodworks and all of that so he made me a small sword to carry around the second year uh much to my mom's chagrin which uh we had to kind of keep it a secret from mom for a little while 
and and then she found it and she's like okay well as long as everyone's with you but it was still it was one of those things like dad made it for me and like, don't tell mom right away so he's gonna yell at me so awesome. that was that was fond memories i also on the complete opposite uh was little mermaid one year and then my brother was the lobster oh nice he was, yeah he was too little to really know what was going on so we just dressed him up as the lobster <laughs> He did not have a choice in the matter. <laughs> he was small, so that's yeah. hilarious. But that was fun. That's fantastic. All right, so now the theme for your video, the new single "Do Not Disturb," has a very rocky horror kind of campy old school horror theme to it. Now we just recently did a poll and did a podcast on movies that were scary that really scared us, like not ones that you know you watched and you're like, "Oh, that was scary." The ones that really stuck with you that made you turn on a light when you came home and had to be alone. So what I want to hear from you is, do you have any of those movies or that uh, really, truly frightened you? Um, the one that frightened me most recently, actually, and I still actually go back and watch it because I, I actually am a fan of scaring myself <laughs> with uh-huh. scary movies. It's, a, it's, it's kind of a weird thing because people think that like if you like scary movies, oh, you must be impervious to them. And that's not the case. It's kind of like I, I like spicy food, but because of the reaction, so it makes my eyebrows sweat. And I, for some reason, I really like that. It's, <laughs> it's the same thing with the scary movies. But the, the most recent one that kind of freaked me out was actually It Follows. Did you see that oh, one? Really it good came movie. out a couple of years ago. Absolutely. It's such a good movie. It was jumpy, yes, but I thought that they did it in a great way, and you couldn't really tell what era they were in. It was kind of, it was awesome. It was, a, it was really a good one. Um, and then, uh, oh, man, I can't remember the title. There was a movie that came out probably a decade ago, maybe more, um, and it really, it wasn't that scary, but it had to do with, uh, it was in like the Mayan ruins, and the plants were... <laughs> were attacking everybody and which was hilarious to me because we were uh touring at the time and i remember waking up uh we all went out to see it together and then we went back on the on the tour bus and we all woke up um in this parking lot that was kind of overgrown with vines (laughs) which i was was a complete coincidence but i remember waking up like and opening up like the curtain to like my bunk and seeing out the window all of these vines (laughs) happen i'm just like oh gosh like so that whole like you know almost awake half asleep thing and freaking myself out like okay no we're we're somewhere else no is that that was just a movie cool (laughs) so yeah that's awesome um mine personally and if you uh get a chance to catch this it just came out this year there's a movie called hereditary oh dude i still haven't seen that that's on my list of things to see it is like i had to like decide whether i was going to sleep with the light on that night it was messed me oh, up. Oh, that's awesome. It messed me up. It's fantastic. So check that one out if you get a chance. All right. Now. I definitely will. <laughs> let, let's let's get onto this because this is one of my favorite ones. Um, friends of mine, a number of years ago, we were at a bar and we decided because we're all big music nerds that we were going to do a, a music fantasy draft and make a band and go, awesome. in, go in order. And everybody got a singer, a guitar player, a bass player, and a drummer to make your own band out of anybody that was in the history of music. So I'm going to ask you, Lizzie Hale, you get a singer. All right. A guitar player. A drummer and a bass player. Who are you taking? And and just so you know, the, right. the members of Hailstorm are exempt. You cannot choose them. I, I, damn it. That's okay. <laughs> it's funny because every now and then I think about how much fun it would be to actually like watch my little brother do his thing um, <laughs> because I always have my back to him. But I, it's okay. It's all right. It's fine. Let's see. Hold on. All right. So I'm going to have to go Ronnie James Dio singer. Quality. I'm going to go... Nancy Wilson, guitar player. Ah, good choice. Um, I'm going to go, let's see. I'm going to go, actually, I am going to go Neil Peart, drummer, because I think that he's capable of doing 
anything. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to go Eric Brinningham, actually, as a bass player. Oh, from, who's that? I've not uh, heard of him. From Cinderella. Oh, uh, from he's, Cinderella. He's, uh, he's from Cinderella, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Boom. Did that I get it, everybody? I think I got yeah, it. Do we that's... need another guitar player? Uh, if you would like a bonus guitar player, you, you may. We we ended up expanding it because we're such big dorks. We were like, okay, we need keyboards, right? Who's going to play the keyboards? <laughs> I, I was going yeah, to play keyboards. Um, let me see. Other guitar player. Let's go with um, let's go with Neil Young oh. for a bonus guitar player. Oh, because he's got it. He's got. He's kind of strange. Lizzie, did we just become best friends? I think I, we did. I think we did. I, I, I could hear it in your voice. I'm like, ooh. Just because that'd be so eclectic and oh, and man. and everybody from all these different walks of life, you know, it's 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 kind of funny. We we have a tendency to talk about this stuff late night on the bus, and Jeff Buckley comes up a lot too. Oh, that's my but, guy. Um, that's my guy. I was really hoping yeah. he was going to come up in this interview because I was doing my research and I was watching. Um, I forget you did some interview with in New York. Um, your guitar player started talking oh, yeah. about Jeff Buckley, and I was that was just given the music that you guys play. That was kind of one of the last names that I thought I was going to hear, but he's amazing. So I'll let you wax poetic about Jeff Buckley. Oh, absolutely. He's he's uh, otherworldly. So when I was growing up, um, I wasn't necessarily exposed to Jeff Buckley. Yes, I'm a child of the 90s, but I was kind of obsessed with 70s and 80s hard rock and metal when I was a teenager to the point that that was kind of exclusively what I listened to. When I met my guitar player, Joe, this is over 15 years ago, we literally did the old fashioned thing and we exchanged like mixtapes. You know, I would give him like Sabbath and Dio and Cinderella and Alice Cooper and all of these things. And then he would end up giving me uh, Jeff Buckley and Smashing Pumpkins and Soundgarden and all of these things. So we were just trying to like, when we were friends and getting to know each other as bandmates and like, okay, well, what are you into? What are you into? So Jeff Buckley blew my mind. Uh, Jeff Buckley, just pretty much, I probably would credit him as knocking me out of the, out of the 80s because there's just so much to what he does that is literally, I don't think I've heard it yet. Anybody up to that level of just effortless, not just vocalist wise, but just as, as a guitar player, as an instrumentalist, as a an arranger, a songwriter, you know, just having that incredible full package. I mean, it was just so much creativity for one person and uh, completely blew my mind. So it, he's still somebody, I actually have uh, an amazing painting in my house of Jeff oh. Buckley, or, but it, he's one of those guys where you can just go back to any of those, any of the collections, any of the records, um, any of the live stuff, and you learn something new every single time. So yeah, no, he's definitely a beacon up there it's something to strive for (laughs) yeah and i know as a vocalist um when you listen to those songs it's one of those and i have a few of these people that it's just one of those artists where you just like go okay i give up because whatever the hell is going on here (laughs) i'm never gonna be able to touch it it is absolutely not gonna happen yeah i mean You you know who comes close um i miles kennedy comes close and when i say comes close that is the utmost absolute compliment because the man is amazing and i've i've been on tour with miles kennedy and the way that she can do what he does every single night consistently i don't know if many people really talk about that level of what we do as touring musicians he's one of those guys that that like you watch him on stage and it's just effortless and again i used to <laughs> i used to swear at him all the time after <laughs> after he get off stage i'm like okay tomorrow night can you just hit 
hit, hit one note out of tune. Just one note <laughs> that's just slightly flat. Right. Just do it for me. Undershoot the note. <laughs> so I feel better about myself. Like, so yeah, he's fantastic as yeah. well. And it's one of those things like with Jeff Buckley and guys like Miles Kennedy and, and yourself, honestly, but you cannot teach what comes out of the mouth of some of the singers and vocalists that you're talking about. I totally get what you're talking about. Um, to get into the new album, Vicious, which is out wherever anybody can uh, consume their music. There's so many options these days. Tell me what the response to the new album has been and uh, how the run in Europe went. Um, the response has been amazing, actually. Just uh, to, to my pleasant surprise, it's been overwhelmingly positive, which is always kind of what you're going for. But, you know, as you know, you know, you can write and work really hard on something and and put it out in the world. And that doesn't necessarily just because you are proud of it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's going to like it. In this case so far, just in the months that it's been released, it's been awesome. And actually, it's, it's strange because it's, it's, I think, one of the first records that I haven't necessarily had to, had to explain anything to our fans about what the record means to me. They kind of already know. So we've reached this, this peak at um, just at the level that we're at, that where it just kind of feels like we've leveled up a little bit, you know, just, just with our fans and just in the way that we're perceived and I, I think we're just kind of seeing I guess some of the results of, of of the hard work that we maybe started years ago you know what I mean and are kind of just now seeing that happen in real time so it's just kind of um it's been absolutely amazing just to see people grab onto these songs and and the riffs and and the way that we ended up presenting the record in just such an impositive way and they're they're kind of owning it as their own piece of music you know which which I think is just awesome to me it's it's because that's kind of what it's meant to be you know you you write these things for you and as an artist there's there's so much truth in this record that is my truth but it's been it's just been amazing to just kind of hand that off <laughs> to our fans and, and the and the public and they're receiving it how they need to see it you know so it's it, that's pretty special to me awesome and so europe went well i assume Europe did go well. Um, it was uh, it just it was sold out shows. It started uh, in Russia and ended in Spain and everywhere in between. And I'll tell you something: uh, six weeks is a long time to be overseas and on tour. Yeah. And it's just it's mind blowing to see the reaction to not only this record but these songs in a different culture every single night. Basically, you 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 wake up in a different place. And I mean, in the love languages, uh, you know, in France and Italy, there's a lot of crying, <laughs> uh, like as in like positive crying, yeah. which if, if that makes any sense. And then, you know, the, the Germans are just crazy. And in the UK, they were crowd surfing to The Silence, one of our slow songs. <laughs> wow. uh, so, yeah, right. So it's, it's, it's just crazy. And then I, obviously, as you get further south, it's uh, they're crazy in their own way and in a good way. And you just the common thread that I think that I saw with everybody that has come to these shows is that it's not it's not just about entertainment at this point, and and not just in the U.S. but just like just the climate everywhere. These people primarily need to be there. You know, it's it's not just about like oh cool I have nothing better to do on on a Friday night. I'm going to go see the show. Um, you see it in their faces. This is like what they've been waiting for, you know, for months and they saved up and maybe that, you know, the, what they spent on the ticket was supposed to go for rent, but they don't care. And I think that's amazing. You know, you just see it in everybody's face. And, and I always tell people if they're looking for, uh, for a crazy and empowered and good looking rock chick, 
come out to see one of our shows because like you're not going to get these kind of numbers. It's like 60, 40, like crazy rock chick, female to male at these shows. And, uh, and you're not going to get those kind of numbers in the clubs or the bars. So no, <laughs> so no you are not. Here. Now I know some of that, <laughs> some of that has to do with the unique uh, billing of this tour, correct? In that you are out with uh, two other female fronted bands in, in this moment and new year's day. Talk a little bit about how that came together. Oh, absolutely. Um, so Maria and I have been friends for years and, and Ash and I as well. Um, you know, we're both very hardworking ladies and we've been kind of building our own empires for years. And we would always say it every time we see each other at the festivals or wherever. It's like, okay, we got to do a tour together. We have to do this. We have to do this. And so it was always like, okay, well, let's wait next year. Okay, maybe next year, maybe next year. And now finally it's, it's happened and we're like, we're holding on to it. We've been re-upping this for, um, uh, is this our third? I think it's our third time that we've kind of been going around with this and it's just been growing. And I don't think that we realized how, how important it was, um, not just, you know, for selfish reasons with us, you know, like us and like, Hey, we're girls, we should like hang out <laughs> and <laughs> do that. Um, cause we're both, so we're just used to, you know, hanging out with dudes all the time. So that's been, um, a culture shock, but, uh, <laughs> in the best way, but it has right. been. Like, wait, everything smells really nice down <laughs> here. And, and there's, you know, the guys are taking more showers. There you go. <laughs> there's a lot of girls around. But no, I didn't, I, I didn't realize how important it was for just the female concert goer in general. Like I said before, you can just kind of see it on their faces. How Like, this is their show, you know, and this yep. is their, their spot. And this is their place to be whatever the hell they want you know and and it just didn't need to be a part of that because you know we promote positivity and and equality and and all of that and empowerment that's just that is what we do but it's amazing to kind of just be we're just a part of the show <laughs> you know um it's it's really it's all about them so uh, it's great and then we we all i mean obviously the three of us girls we love each other and we watch each other's sets and we take things away from each other and, you know, just get inspired by that. And we talk about it a lot. We're like, did you see that crowd tonight? Like they, they really, that's, that's what this is all about. So it's been nice to have that kind of camaraderie as well. And, and, you know, it's one of those things, like if you ever hear someone say representation matters and people scoff at that sometimes that it could not be more true. Um, and it seems like a small oh, thing, I, yeah. you, you know, women have played in rock bands and whatever, but there's always a time and there's always a new generation that needs to see it, not just hear about it and, you know, know that there's female artists out there, but to really see three quality musician bands fronted by women, uh, out there in front of their faces, really influencing them and seeing that is just different than hearing about it. You got to experience it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's true for for me, just as as a musician, as a female musician, you know, you want that path, you want that, you know, that north star, that light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you you need somebody to be like, oh, see, it's possible to do this. It's possible to be a musician, to play guitar, to be in hard rock. Yes, you you get told it's possible. You know what I mean? But I I completely agree with you is that to have to be that kind of I don't know that that example and and also in a lot of ways that cartoon character you know right. that that image that you that you uphold you know it it's so special to to girls that just they they need that you know and and I I, I need that too you know I I seek it out and and when I was a kid it was especially true and that was part of the reason why I was in love with the 70s and 80s because I kind of had to reach back to mm, <laughs> my true. parents generation and be like all right 
you know, if uh, if Joan Jett can do it and they and they never said die, you know, same thing with Hart and Pat Benatar and all yeah. that, you know, like then obviously, see, it's totally it can be done. You carry that through regardless of who says what. Yeah, no, I completely agree. All right. So I, in listening to this record, I know I've read a lot of articles about your difficulty in making the record initially basically scrapped an album's worth of material because you didn't feel like you were in it at all. Um, when I listen to this record, uh, having listened to everything else you've done, there's definitely an honesty there and an authenticity and a freedom that I can tell is there that I don't know that was there on all the previous records. The standout tracks for me on this album, listening to it, were Uncomfortable, Do Not Disturb, and The Silence, but I think... The pinnacle for me is Killing Ourselves to Live. That's the one where right. it started playing and you hit the chorus and all the hairs on my arm stood up and I was like, whoa, that is huge. So first of all, what you're doing with your voice in that song is ridiculous. And I think somebody needs to tell you that <laughs> Thank you. Um, because you could tell that you are pushing everything you have to its limit and it sounds amazing. And I was just listening to it going, oh my God, she's got to do that live a lot. <laughs> True. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Second of all, the guitar solo is amazing. Um, and I know Joe is a guy from the 90s, and I, I think it makes sense, the influences that you talked about, because I definitely got a very uh, Soundgarden, Kim Thiel um, vibe from that. Oh, nice. That, and I'm sure he'll appreciate that, but that that's definitely the vibe I got. His old school kind of bad motor finger Soundgarden from that song, for sure, in that guitar part. And then, as a good that friend, of, awesome. a good friend of mine once said, Donnie Fandango from One Hundred Five Says in the Point, uh, he said once that that song is so good it has a hook you could drive a truck through. Um, and that is absolutely oh, true nice. of this song. And the last thing I thought was this has to be outstanding live in concert, and that this to me has to be one of those songs that's so big and so huge when you play it that the crowd just has to go insane. So tell me a little bit about this song and what you can tell us about making it and what the reaction has been playing this in concert because it just seems like one of those that just will blow the roof off oh wow well thank you first of all um and uh with that particular song killing ourselves to live uh it's amazing that you brought that up because in europe nearly every publication that i talked to and and also i mean we saw it live that's become kind of a standout track you know that we that was unexpected for us you know because we just kind of did it because we wanted to be fast and loud and Sing high and and have fun, you know. Um, and you know, but nobody like as far as you know, label or management or anybody outside. Nobody was like, hey, that's a that's a standout track, that's a hit. Everyone's like, oh no, that's fun. You know what I mean? So we're like, cool, let's just put it on. <laughs> really, that is like the long and short of it. And um, but we we always thought it was pretty special. And when we play it live, it's just crazy, and the crowd goes nuts. And I just, I just really appreciate that, and because it's it's just it's curious to me. As people are getting to know the record, you know, what are the ones that stick, you know, with people and what are the ones that like, like you said, make, you know, make the hair stand up, you know, those, so I'm always interested in that. Because, <laughs> you know, when you're in it, it's like, seems like controlled chaos, you right. know what I mean? Yep. But then like, when you like look back and like, no, actually, that was a really important track. I'm, I'm glad we put that on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, yeah, no, it, it was the one that I was like, wow, this, especially because I can just imagine it in concert. And the bigness of that sound is just going to be incredible. I'm really excited to see it because I know you guys are coming to our, our hometown in St. Louis, so I might find a way to get there. I think it's one of my favorites to, to play out at the moment. So That's awesome. So I am a father with uh, my wife and I raising a 15-year-old daughter. And so once again, I do appreciate you being um, a positive 
representation out there in the world, just showing people that they can own their, uh, especially owning their femininity and being the kind of women that you, you want to be and the kind that you represent. Um, so talk to me. I, I love reading some stuff about you where uh, hearing about your family and your parents and your dad uh, actually being part of the band at some point in the in the yeah. you know, <laughs> incarnations of Hailstorm. And just as you said before, you were raised in this environment where there were really no limits and you were not told that you couldn't do anything just because you were a girl and all these kinds of things. And that's how we have tried to raise our daughter. And I think that's really important. That's awesome. um, but not every person has that. Um, so talk about that being raised in that environment and the impact that your your parents and your father had on the band and your upbringing and, you know, what you try and take from that out into the world. Well, first of all, thank you. That's it, it's it's awesome to 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 actually to be that, you know, on, on this other side, because when you when you grow up, so like in the beginning, you know, it was, I was doing my song thing and little brother was playing with me. And, you know, I, we, I figured out because my brother has always been very good at drums. I figured out like, OK, well, if he just kind of plays and I can write my songs around that. We have a band. It's awesome. So we literally named the band Hailstorm 21 years ago and haven't stopped since. But yeah, like I grew up in a household where literally, you know, if I wanted to be a mechanic or a doctor or a rock star or a rodeo clown, my my parents were like, absolutely. What what do you need from us? What 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 do we got to do? You know, um, and much to, I mean, we weren't, you know, we weren't well off at, as a family. You know, we were, you know, kind of lower middle class and and they didn't necessarily, you know, they didn't really have the means to do much for us but anything that they could they did you know you kind of take that with you and that not to me like I wasn't necessarily taught about the glass ceiling either (laughs) I mean you kind of know that like you you get inklings of it but you know with everything especially the way that my parents were like my dad was a huge advocate for just being different you know he was one of those guys and uh, I remember going to uh to this sleepover, we moved into a, a 20 acre farm and there was this, uh, like this kind of neighbor kind of around us, but we were kind of set back and some of the girls in the neighborhood invited me to a sleepover. I, I was like 11 and <laughs> before the band started everything. So they, they asked me, they're like, okay, so, you know, you come to our house and bring some of your favorite CDs because we're all going to play everybody's CDs. <laughs> so I don't know if you can see where this is going. Oh, yeah. The two CDs I brought were Ronnie James Dio's Holy Diver and then <laughs> and Alice Cooper's Love It to Death. So this is around, you know, 96, you know, ish or, you know, whatever. And <laughs> so there's like TLC and there's like, you know, InSync are just kind of starting and uh-huh. there's, you know, all that. And um, so you know, they put in my CDs and I don't think we even made it past the first chorus. They're like, you know, put, <laughs> put Tina's back in. Let's not listen to Lizzie's stuff anymore. Um, so I remember coming back home. Sorry, this is like long story long. Oh, I remember no, coming back home. This is an example of that. And, you know, hey, dad, you know, like they didn't really like my music, but we had a good time kind of thing. Just, you know, first bouts of makeup. I came back with way too much blue eyeshadow, that kind of thing. But he's like, well, that's good. I'm like, really and he's like yeah it's good that 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 you like different things because you're not liking any of that other music because everybody else likes it you like your music because you like it you know and so that's a good thing so you carry that into kind of middle school where it's like you do the the thing with the you know okay if everyone's wearing you know a a shirt with one sleeve off I'm gonna keep my two sleeves on that kind of thing so like I grew up in a household like that 
so when we started the band, there was a lot of that, you know, that I that I carried over to the point that even when we were shopping to labels and they were like, look, you know, we love what you do, but we don't know what to do with you because, you know, girls on rock radio, that's not really a thing right now. And and of course, so I take that and I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. 